Hi, welcome to the Bearing Life Views podcast. This week we will be having part two of Mark's interview with Andrew DeBlock. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please be sure to go listen to last week's episode. So without further ado, please welcome Mark and Andrew. Now, going back to what we were speaking about earlier, um, if someone is going to use playback um, when birding, how, do you, how would you do it responsibly? Mm, it's a tricky question. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who would say that not using playback at all is the best policy. I don't think that's really a sustainable approach. I think with the, the amount of resources that are out there these days in terms of birding apps with calls, uh, Zeno Canto online, everyone has bird calls just readily available on their phones, which you know, 15, 20 years ago wasn't an issue. There were some diehards who would walk around with literal tape recorders, you know, on their shoulders playing bird calls, but it's very few and far between. Not every bird has access to these things. And I think calls are a hugely important part of birding. It's a very important thing for people to appreciate, enjoy, learn more about, you know. So we don't want to say that, you know, playback is evil necessarily, but you really do need to use it sparingly. There can be a really detrimental effect on birds. And I'll just tell you two examples quickly to, to demonstrate that. Um, they're obviously the more extreme examples to make my point. But there was a well-known lodge um, in, in an area where Pell's fishing owls were breeding. And the, the lodge discovered that they have these birds on their property and that it's a huge draw card for birders. And they started inviting birders to come and see the Pell's fishing owls and it was a very popular thing. But over the course of a couple of months, they played the call of the Pell's fishing owl every single night and these birds used to come in because they were stressed out about what these intruders were and they would play the calls on and on and on so people could get nice photos. And eventually this playback caused the Pell's, the breeding Pell's fishing owls to abandon an active nest. So there was a breeding attempt that failed because of people abusing playback. And, and there was another example that was sent in to me by Dr. Lucy Kemp, who runs the Mabula Ground Hornbill Trust. And she says that with their ground hornbills, them being such territorial birds and fiercely, fiercely you know, protective of their territories, if you do playback for a ground hornbill, especially in the breeding season when their hormones are raging and they're really protective of their young, they can come back to that exact same spot at which the playback was made for up to 10 days to check that the intruder has gone or that they can't chase them out. So it just shows you, you know, a little moment of playback. It might seem harmless, you know, the bird goes back to what it was doing or, or doesn't look to be stressed to you, but there might be things going on that you don't understand and that you can't see in the bird's behavior. So you really need to be careful about using playback uh, and the way to responsibly use playback is to limit it as much as possible. So that means you're not playing a bird's song over and over and over and over until it responds. If you are going to use playback, play a little bit of bird call um, and then stop and wait and be a little bit patient and wait for the bird to come to you. And often that's the best way. The birds are more curious when there's a, a, a call interspersed here and there rather than if it's playing over and over and over again because it becomes very obvious that that is not a real bird yeah and i also heard from a couple of birders around me um it, it, it's a point that makes sense i'm not sure how accurate it is but i've always used this technique when you're using playback in the field but to actually play 
the call of your desired bird species a little bit softer, like I'd say a notch softer than yes. the real life call, so that it thinks it's a smaller or weaker individual and it goes to investigate without any fear. Um, and that way also it doesn't scare the bird away from the habitat because it thinks it's this ginormous, you know, <laughs> whatever <laughs> animal and um, it gets scared out, out of its, its home turf. So that's something I've always used. Yeah, that's that's an interesting explanation. I hadn't actually thought about it from that perspective, but definitely the next point I was actually going to make is that volume is the next way to control your impact. As you say, if you play the call super loudly, it's going to give the bird a huge fright. Um, there's, it's going to be stressed out way more than if you just play a soft little call that the bird might come curiously in to investigate. And that there's other ways as well. So the the type of playback that you're using is important. Um, I learned this from, from Etienne Marais, who's really good on his warblers. He's renowned as a warbler fundi in South Africa. And what he does is he doesn't play warbler songs. He plays the little contact calls because the songs are used to defend territories and for mating purposes. And the consequences of that for the bird are much worse and if you just play a little contact call, which is not threatening, it's just checking, you know, oh, I'm in the area, are you around? So then the bird comes in to investigate and see who's around. But they're not, they're not coming in to defend their territory necessarily. They're not coming in to, you know, protect their mate or their young. So that's another creative way to use playback in a more responsible manner. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I certainly hope that those people going to twitch that green warbler or supposed green warbler aren't blasting their speakers with its call. <laughs> yeah i certainly hope not um you know that that's a very lost bird which must be quite stressed out as it is um but i think luckily most people don't have green warbler calls on their phones so we, we <laughs> might get <laughs> we might get away with that one yeah now you're involved in the south african listers club tell us what this is about yeah so the south africa listers club is essentially a proudly south african platform for birders who keep South Africa country lists to put their totals on and join the community of birders. So it's hosted on the BirdLife South Africa webpage. Essentially anyone who's seen 300 or more species within South Africa can join. It's as easy as typing your name, your hometown and your total in on the webpage. And we can probably put a link to it in the podcast description if you want to. And it's, it was founded last year in February. Uh, it's quite new. And the reason we founded it is that there was previously no platform for listers to to put their South Africa lists on. There's been this focus in South Africa on the Southern Africa region. So that's including all of our neighbors. Uh, but there's, there's not really a good reason for this. The, the idea came out of the old natural uh, historians who used to travel around the region finding birds and well, mostly shooting birds and then kind of looking at what they were. Uh, and kind of naming birds and, and cataloging them and, and they did this across the region because that's the way they were traveling and they produced academic texts and bird books and that covering all the birds they found on their expeditions. Um, it wasn't necessarily because that was a sensible area for people to list in. I mean it's much much bigger than most countries the southern Africa region and uh, many many birders probably most birders are never going to visit large parts of the sub-region in their lifetimes. So it's a much more sensible approach, in my opinion, for birders to keep a South Africa list 
as well as a Southern Africa list if they want to keep one. You know, people keep Africa lists and global lists and all that. So Southern Africa is definitely a list you can keep and it's a popular one. But I think more and more we're seeing birders keep South Africa lists now that we have a platform for people to, you know, display their lists on the leaderboard and join that community. And obviously as BirdLife South Africa, we we have a very proudly South African approach to, to birds and bird conservation. So we, we saw this little niche of there not being a, a platform for listers to put their South Africa lists up and we decided, well, we're in charge of conserving South Africa's birds. We may as well found this club and, and use it as a way for people to celebrate the amazing diversity we have in, in South Africa. We have over 870 plus species. I think it's 872 now that we've added green warbler and crested honey buzzard. And you know that that's 85, 90% of all the species in Southern Africa anyway. So anyone's Southern Africa list is going to include a substantial number of birds within South Africa. So it just makes sense, you know, to have a South Africa listers club. And it's it's a proudly South African movement that we're pushing from BirdLife South Africa's perspective. Okay, well, you guys, you heard that. You better join the South Africa's Listers Club if you haven't already. Um, and I'm speaking to myself as well because I'm not on there yet. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I, <laughs> I'd love to get on as soon as possible. Um, now, just for the youngsters out there um, listening to this podcast, how can youth get involved in BirdLife South Africa and conservation? Yeah, it's a question we get asked a lot, Mark, and it's not an easy one to answer. I think most people are looking for hands-on opportunities to join conservation initiatives, and there certainly are some of those around. Um, maybe not exclusively dedicated to birds, but things like you know, anti-litter campaigns, cleaning up beaches, cleaning up local habitats, restoring uh, river systems and other endangered habitats you know clearing out aliens all of those have massive conservation benefits for birds so those are hands-on ways that you can preserve birds in their habitats um, then there's also you know helping out at uh, rehabilitation centers that deal with threatened species um, helping to return those birds to the wild those are hands-on ways to do it and every now and again there is a volunteer opportunity at BirdLife South Africa so do just watch our socials to see when those do come up but there are, other, there are other ways that people can contribute to conservation, especially youth. Um, you know, younger people are much more active on social media and people have huge networks that they can really leverage for conservation benefits. So just simple things like sharing conservation messages that BirdLife South Africa or other people post online can make a big difference in opening people's eyes up to the threats that birds face, the amazing diversity of birds we have in South Africa, how people can protect birds and, and live sustainable lifestyles. You know, these are all important messages to get out there. So the more that people can help us to spread those messages, the more awareness there will be out there and the more conservation benefits there will be for birds as a result. So social media and, and sharing those messages is a really important way. Uh, there's also atlasing. So many of your listeners will probably be familiar with the Southern African Bird Atlas Project. If you're not, I highly recommend you go and check it out. It's a very easy and simple way to make sure that your birding contributes to conservation. So you're collecting the data in terms of entering species on bird lasser and that. But unless you're sharing that data uh, with different organizations, that data is just sitting there on your phone. Uh, it's not doing anything for conservation. It's very simple to make it count. Uh, on Bird Lasser, you can sign up for these different causes. 
that monitor threatened and rare species. So then you can share your data of sightings of those species. And you can also very easily submit Atlas cards on BirdLasser itself. It's a really, really easy way to make your birding count. The Atlas project is crucial to the way that organizations like BirdLife South Africa work. We use that as a primary decision-making tool in terms of identifying uh, threatened species and also areas in which we need to focus our work. And we also use it to pick up trends in bird population data. So even, you know, logging something simple like a black-winged kite can show that it's really still present in an area, whereas if we don't have that data, uh, perhaps we we then pick up uh, a local trend that uh, these these raptors are disappearing in certain areas, which is actually happening. So, you know, just simple things like that that you wouldn't think have a real conservation benefit really can make a big uh, contribution to conservation of birds. Alrighty, thanks for the chat, Andrew. It was really lacquer. Thanks very much, Mark. Um, it was really great to represent BirdLife South Africa on your guys' platform. I know you guys do a lot for encouraging birding and bird conservation in the youth so i really appreciate the opportunity and also just want to say you know join the south africa listers club as mark said earlier but also consider following bird life south africa we're on all the major social media channels and you can find us there uh, you'll hear about birds there'll be conservation messages you can share with friends and your networks um, and also it supports our conservation work and you can become a member of BirdLife South Africa as well. There's a special student and under 18 rate as well. So you get a discounted uh, membership fee and we use those funds raised from memberships to, to fund our conservation work and, and our organization. So do consider that. It makes a great uh, birthday present or Christmas present to gift someone a membership. It comes with magazine subscription and all the whole shebang. So so do look into it, keep in touch with us, and uh, yeah, enjoy it. Go out and enjoy the birds. Um, that's what we're all about. Cool beans. All right. Cheers, Andrew. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Okay. Happy birding. That was such a great interview. Please be sure to like and subscribe to us on all your social media platforms. And if you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts, please be sure to go back and listen to them. Until next time, happy birding. Happy birding.